Hey, it's Ron McLean. Welcome to Hockey Talk on the Rock. With Laura and Keith. It's interesting. So let's back up a second. He played absolutely out of his mind. It made no sense to me. And now, here are your hosts. All right, here we go. We are back doing Hockey Talk on the Rock, episode number 103. It is Monday, October 23rd. We got Laura in from Italy. I'm still here on the Rock. Uh, and it's been a couple months, but we're going to do a little bit of catch up now that we're about, I don't know, five games into the season, depending on which team you're rooting for. And uh, a couple minor trades to talk about, a couple surprises around the league, and mostly, uh, you know, evaluating Canucks through five games. So take it away. What do you think? Well, it's definitely the most positive start we've had in a long time, like probably since the COVID year, I would say. Um and there's there's things to be excited about. I mean, obviously, they started with those back-to-back wins against the Oilers, which felt really awesome because the Oilers were so hyped up to be this cup contender, and they might still be. I'm not going to totally put them down. And then that first game when Vancouver beat them 8-1, it felt so, so, so awesome. Um, <laughs> and... I, I don't know if that game was more that Vancouver played extremely well or Edmonton didn't play great, but it, it was a good win. And then obviously the second victory against Edmonton, the Oilers played a lot better and, and Casey DeSmith played really well for the Canucks um, and basically got them that win. And then they went out on the road <laughs> and, you know, typically lost to Philadelphia in the sense that you'd beat a really good team twice and then you lose to maybe not so great a team, but again, Philly's been playing kind of okay to start the season. And then they lost again in uh, Tampa and that game also wasn't great. And then they won against Florida in kind of a back and forth game. And I guess like the overall takeaway that I'll say about the Canucks right now is their best players are playing extremely, extremely well. Like obviously you have Pedersen, Hughes and Miller who have all started the season great. And then the goalies. So both Demko and DeSmith have looked really good. The bottom six is problematic (laughs) and there's still things in their game that I don't think is great, but they're hovering right around kind of where they should be, which <laughs> to start a season, we haven't been able to say for a long time. So, yeah, no, I agree with all that. Um, you know, my takeaway for them so far is the way the five games have gone sh- shows that like when their opposition goalie shows up, it's going to be tough for Vancouver. Yeah, You know, like Carter Hart has played really, really well throughout the season like he stonewalled Edmonton after the game that he shut out Vancouver which I didn't see coming um which is kind of good for team Canada for sure for sure Uh, but yeah like with the first two Edmonton games like both those goalies looked terrible in Edmonton and then Bobrovsky looked really off in the Florida game yeah the Uh, Kuzmenko goal for sure that one I was like what is Bobrovsky doing but yeah yeah, but uh, on the goaltender front, like it was a bit of a bummer in the Pearson trade that they like. I know you touched on it already in the other episode, but that they had to give up a pick to get rid of him because he's not like a bum. Yeah. But yeah. to have that secure backup position that feels like 
it's been a long time. Like Spencer Martin caught lightning in a bottle there a couple of years ago and looked like a great backup, but we kind of see who he really is now. Um, to have like a solid number two that like you can put in for a third of the season behind Demko. Yeah. Or, or if Demko gets hurt, like feels really, really good. When was uh, the uh, last time you think they had a legitimate backup goalie? I was trying to think about this the other day. Demko and not, not like Demko because he was like the heir apparent. And I would even say Schneider with Luongo, like they were both number one goalies. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, in the Miller era, who was their backup then? Was it Markstrom? It might, it might have been because they got rid of uh, it, they were trying to figure it out between Markstrom and and Nielsen. That's right. Yeah, so that might have been it. As it it's been a long time. Yeah, because um, yeah, the the Markstrom Demko tandem was obviously good. Yeah, and, and like you say, going way back, the Snyder Longo thing was good. But in the years between, before Markstrom actually became what he was for three seasons. Yeah, it's been a while because they tried so many things, right? They tried going with uh, an unknown and Martin. They tried Hovac. They tried Holtby. Like it just nothing worked. It, there was a lot of frustration in that backup position. And again, it's only been two games. Yeah, but just as look really solid. And there was I remember one one of the games he started. I can't remember if it was Florida. It might have been Florida where early on in the game there was a lot of offensive chances and he kind of held them in it. And I remember thinking to myself, oh man, this feels like the games where Halak would be in net or something and he would let in an early goal and you just see yeah. the team late and not seeing that happen was real nice. Well, I mean, even in the Edmonton game, right? Then it might be even what you were talking about. He did let in the goal early and the Edmonton came out really hot because again, they'd lost 8-1. And obviously they wanted to start their season well at home. And that was kind of like, to me, I was scared. He let one in, but then that was it. Yeah. Very good after that. And I agree with you. It's like very promising to see. And I don't know how I felt about like DeSmith as a goalie before, but he looks, he looks solid. And again, the, the trend with the Canucks giving up draft picks it does just kind of suck, like because they've done, they've had to do it so much, but we'll see how it plays out for them this year with with getting Smith. Yeah, um, moving on to their defense, uh, I thought that the three new guys, and I'm gonna I'm gonna group Heronic into the new guy thing because we only saw him for four games last year, but yeah. I, I think we're skeptical with him being on a pair with Hughes, but so yeah. far I've loved it, and. Susie and Cole are not like world beaters by any means, but they felt like the type of defensemen that they've been needing for years where like, you know what you're going to get and they're just solid defensively. Yeah. Again, I, I still think for the Canucks, their weakest point is their defense or their bottom six. It's one of the two. Um, and I'm not completely convinced on their entire defensive core as a, like a playoff team level defensive core but they've looked good so far and by good I mean better than they have and there's an obvious exception <laughs> oh man 
Tyler Myers has not helped his stock at all. You know, there's the hope that like he'll hold on to him and regardless of where they are in the standings, they can get an asset for him at the deadline. And at this point, like who's doing that? You know? I don't know. I I really don't know. Um, but yeah, he's been problematic. I mean, the the power play where he like tackled Patterson to the ground and like it's it's all it would be funny if I wasn't a Canucks fan that's what I said earlier and I stick by it but yeah um, yeah I don't think one of the new guys that came into was like Suter hasn't been flashy but I thought he's also just kind of been solid yeah I I, I think he's been fine like he's not costing them goals no. or chances no, and actually, to speak of one player, I mean, the last few games, well, I think he was scratched last game, but, like, I thought that Hoglanders actually had a pretty solid start to this season. Like, he's been noticeably better defensively, and he looks like he's working hard, and he is the kind of player that, you know, even if he's not in the top six, he could still be, like, a, a legitimate NHL player, and that's encouraging to see. Um so far but we'll see we will see and uh yeah the Bo Horvat thing whatever it is what it is like he's shipped in a couple goals on the island but the um the surprising one I think in terms of disappointment is Beauvillier because he's I'm seen... not surprised at all I called it so hard last year he was uh... good with Pedersen he's super streaky he's always been a streaky player but when you take him off that line with Pedersen, like it's not the same. Um, and I mean, it's in that that big lock of wingers who, like, I, I mean, Besser has started this season really, really well, and I'm really happy for for him. He looks good. But if you think, I, I mean, I even think Kuzmenko hasn't been great. The Florida game, he was a lot better. Um, but Garland, obviously, we know <laughs> the story there. You have Stadnika, you have all these guys that are players, but I don't know exactly what they are. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah, Beauvillier to me just has been like invisible. Yeah. Um, but what's his role on the team now? Right. Like, he's not really, he's he's not a he's he's a offensive winger which in the nhl is like the most common thing you can be which is unfortunate <laughs> but that's the reason why the canucks got him in that in the horvat trade right like he could have been had for free earlier in the season like the islanders were trying to get rid of him but no one wanted to take the contract so I, I, I like he he can be effective it's just he doesn't have necessarily the role that he needs to have on this team anymore and with Mikheyev coming back again the wings are are pretty loaded yeah yeah we'll maybe they find a trade partner for Garland that's the other thing I guess in Canucks news yeah we'll see I guess the the smoke's all around Washington yeah um and then like I heard like I don't know did you hear like the Mantha for Garland I can't see it I can't see it either, but he's on an expiring deal and he makes more than Garland. So, yeah, Maybe. I was looking at it and it was more like 
Garland for Nicholas Jensen kind of thing. <laughs> but yeah, whatever. We'll see where that goes. Yeah. I'd, I'd be happy to hold on to him for a while to try and get the value up at least. Yeah, but the problem again <laughs> with Garland now with Mikheyev back is where do you put him so that he increases his value? Yeah. Um, yeah. In, in an ideal world, he'd be a, a line driver on the third line, but... Yeah. I don't know. Anyways, um, moving around the league, or who the Canucks play tomorrow, right? Tomorrow they play Nashville. Tomorrow they play Nashville in the night where every single team is playing. Yeah, and tonight there's no games. Well, there's one. There's one, and there's one on Wednesday as well. It's so weird. So, uh, so Nashville's a winnable game, so we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Um... Around the league, I mean, we've got... Um, some hot starts and some slow starts. We talked about Edmonton kind of stumbling out the gate and McDavid being injured for what they're saying is a week or two. Yeah. Uh, Detroit's probably the biggest surprise in a positive light with Larkin and Debrinkit forming like an amazing duo so far. Yeah. I mean, they're five and one, which is pretty crazy. I like, like talking about hot starts. I kind of, don't see them keeping it up. I feel like teams are going to figure out how to stop, you know, their top line. And then like who so is, is, is a solid goalie, but their defensive core is also not great. If you want to talk about not great defense and I, I just can't see them keeping it up, but it's nice that they've had a good start. Um, I mean, Ottawa has also looked okay to start there. The other one I would say, that's somewhat surprising. They're three and two now. But uh, like if I was going to pick between the two teams, I would think that Ottawa will, will end higher in the standings than Detroit, basically. Me too. Yeah. And Corpus Allo is going to drive a lot of that. Yeah. I think Ottawa's defense is quite a bit better. Yeah. And but, then uh, I mean, go ahead. Like in terms of like negative starts. Like Washington has won one game and they've looked kind of, I would say, directionless. Yeah. Um, and Buffalo, like we briefly talked about, there's a lot of hype with them. They haven't looked great to start, but I kind of think they'll turn around to some degree. Um, Seattle. Seattle is the other one I was going to say. But again, somewhat predictable Seattle, like – I talked about it before and I'll say it again. It just seemed like last year was a year that every kind everything kind of broke their way, you know, from yeah. the whole regular season to their playoff series against Colorado. It just seemed like, you know, I, I didn't have a lot of belief in that being sustainable moving forward and, and it still could turn around for them. But so far this season has well, been great from the next fan perspective. Yeah. And there's three teams that are still unbeaten and two of them like, Vegas and Colorado, I think everyone predicted. And the third one is Boston, who I said it before. I didn't think they were going to be that bad. I thought people were overreacting. But it's early. It could come back, the center depth, to to bite them. But, um, yeah, those three. Who is your prediction on stays undefeated the longest? Uh, I'm tempted to pick Vegas because I always pick against Vegas. 
and I just look at their team every year and think there's no way, and they always make it to like the final four. Um, Colorado's playing well, and I like Colorado, so I'd probably go with them. I'll take Vegas just because to do something different. Yeah, but... yeah, I can see it. and Boston's kind of the same as Vegas. Like I always pick against them because I just see like the Asian curve of their players and, and how many people left. And I'm like, ah, I don't see it, but they are one of those teams that will always. They know me. how to win in the regular season anyway. Um, yeah. But yeah. 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 So that's where we're at so far. It is early yet. Yeah. But uh, what was I going to say? Oh, the Karna Bedard show too. Um, he's been good, but it just seems like a bit much, like how much, like, I know they really want to sell their stars and stuff like that, but like the amount of like commentary during his games and the limelight and commercials and interviews and stuff, it just, it just all seems like a little bit much. I mean, I'll say this about Bedard. He shoots a lot and I think he's going to start scoring a ton of, like, I think they're going to start going in kind of like what happened with Stamkos in his first season. Although I'd say Bedard so far has been more effective than Stamkos was in the first half. But like there's signs with him that I think it's for real. Um, but yeah, it's a lot. It is a lot of hype. It's an original six team with a generational player. And, uh, you know... <laughs> they they don't come around every they come around every generation so they're trying their best and also with the flat cap and everything i think it's a way to try to drive interest in the game like the the commercial right now right is like the game has never been better whatever like hockey's evolving to the best that has ever been and i think there is some truth to that like if you look around the skill level of a lot of players in the league it seems like most teams now have a guy that's like elite yeah um, and yeah we'll see uh, this rookie class seems very good uh, i mean obviously you have the the three from this year and bedard fantillion carlson but also like luke hughes and logan cooley and all those guys, it feels like there is kind of a shift to the next generation now. Um, but I agree. I think it's it's a bit overhyped, but then it always is with those generational players. Last one. Um, how many more games do you think until we see Ovechkin score his first goal? Who do they play tomorrow? <laughs> I heard them talking about how two games in a row went by where he didn't have a shot on net. And they said that he has only done that once in his entire career. So, they like, play so okay, they play Toronto tomorrow. So I'm gonna say he scores because I know he scores a ton against them. Yeah. Um, and then actually they play again on on Wednesday. So, I think in one of those two games he'll score. I hope so. I don't want this uh, the great chase to be a disappointment after all the hype. <laughs> after so, all the hype. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, that team, I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm buying Pittsburgh as a bounce-back team. I'm not buying Washington as a no, bounce-back No, I agree with you there. Anyways, you got any other notes or anything? I think that's it for today. 
Okay. All right. Well, then we will sign off and maybe we'll try and do this again in a week or so's time and recap a few more games and uh, go from there. So this has been Hockey Talk on the Rock episode number 103. Thank you. Thank you.